What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. You are currently listening to Vintage and Stuff with Drew Heifetz. By the way, I'm uh, beginning to take this podcast a little more serious. I've been listening to some podcasts and I'm like, I need to get my intro game up. I need to get, you know, some sound bites happening. I need like a Drew Heifetz sound, like, you know, an intro with a little sound where everyone knows they're listening to me. You know, welcome to the Drew Heifetz podcast. But I'm bumch. What do you guys think? No good? Welcome to the Drew Heifetz podcast. I don't know. I need a sound. But I also need an intro. If anybody out there wants to cut me an intro from sound bites of other episodes, I will give you free stuff. I'll give you free vintage. Hit me up. Also, I just want to say, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy this podcast, please share this podcast. Give it some love. If you're finding value from this, please tell your friends. I truly appreciate it and I truly appreciate you all. Okay, so this episode is with Rory um, at Sharding Harlot on Instagram. But I decided to start to do these separate intros and I'm going to do a little bit of vintage news and shit that I want to talk about before we get into the interview. So what do we got for news going on in the vintage world? Well, for starters... Tomorrow's Rose Bowl. This episode you'll probably be listening to will be either coming out the same day as Rose Bowl, which is December. I don't even know the date. I don't even know the date. That's how out of it I am. But it's Sunday, second Sunday in December. Anyway, so I'll be at Rose Bowl tomorrow selling booth 3128 as always. Make sure you, if you ever come to Rose Bowl, you come check us out. Come say hi to me, booth 3128. Okay. Also, I'm staying down in California for a whole week. Actually, it's almost two weeks because we are throwing a Frankie Collective pop-up at the Round 2 merch store on Melrose. The pop-up is going to be running December 13th, 14th, 15th, and it starts on Friday the 13th. (whistles) Spooky. Also, but we're having a party, an opening night get together on the 12th so if you're in LA you're hearing this podcast you're in LA you want to come to our event first of all pull up to the pop-up it's going to be sick we're dropping a new line F1 our first proper cut and sew line with Frankie Collective we also brought down a ton of sick vintage reworks we're very excited about so please please pull up if you want to come to the party hit me up and I will get you on the list and send you an invite I want to see all your faces there. In other quick news, ThriftCon is the same weekend. ThriftCon in LA is December 15th, Sunday the 15th at the the LA Convention Center. Go listen to the last episode that I recorded with Mars. He is a rad dude. Him and Dave started the event. Super stoked for those guys. Really hyped on what they've created. So make sure you check out that on the Sunday. Okay, back to the vintage news. So, first of all, if anybody out there has news, they want me to shout it out on the podcast, I am happy to do it, as long as it's relevant and as long as it's not whack. But I got a DM about these guys, Chance Vintage, doing a pop-up in LA, same weekend as us, December 13th. I'm just going to read you this, uh, this post. We are happy to announce that we will... 
be having a pop-up with our friends over at Chance Vintage in Studio City, California. We are coming together to showcase a crazy experience, free tacos, free drinks. Also, our 420 friends will have edibles, gummies. This event is at 12206 Ventura Boulevard, Los Angeles, December 13th through the 15th. Check that out, Chance Vintage. Okay, moving along in the vintage news. Uh, I was out at a current affair today in LA, and I bumped into Mr. Sean Witherspoon. Shout out Sean Witherspoon, and shout out Sean and the boys at round two for letting us throw the pop-up, the Frankie Collective pop-up at their shop, their merch store. Big ups to those guys, always coming through, super clutch. Um, But I'm chatting to Sean Witherspoon. He recently went to the Dior launch, the Dior men's launch in Miami, which looked crazy. I'm sure everyone out there has seen pictures of this, and it's been all over social media, so nothing new here. But obviously you've seen that Sean Stussy was a big part of the Dior launch. Now, I originally thought that it was a Stussy Dior collab because that's kind of what they alluded to. There was some uh, leaked posts that said it was going to be a Stussy, uh, a Stussy Dior collab, but in honest, in all actuality, it wasn't. Sean Stussy's been uh, out of the brand Stussy for many, many, many years now, so he's not even involved. So that wouldn't have been even a part of what he, if it was a Stussy Dior collab, he wouldn't even have been involved, most likely. But what it was, was he collaborated as an artist with the brand to really just give them some imagery to work with for their line. And they ran with it and made some crazy stuff. Obviously, you've seen it. Actually, maybe you haven't seen it. Go check it out. The new Dior men's with lots of imagery from Sean Stussy. Super stoked on it. It looks really cool. Has obviously classic surf skate vibes because we all associate anything Sean Stussy does with that culture. So... Super cool. Um, Hope everyone out there had a good Black Friday. Most of the people listening to this podcast are resellers. So, um, yeah, hope you guys all killed it out there. If you did, hit me up. I want to hear about it. Also, what else do I got going on here? I never really give my stores much love. You know, we have a bunch of stores. F is in Frank. We have a store on Queen Street in Toronto, 418 Queen. Go check that out if you're in Toronto. Uh, it's the Christmas season. We got lots of great stock. We got our shop on Main Street in Vancouver, 2425 Main Street. Go check that out. We got we're selling Christmas sweaters in both stores, plus all the usual gems that you're accustomed to. We have our shop in the Bay, Frankie Collective. Go follow this account at Frankie Collective Van, at Frankie Collective Van V A N. And go check out our store in the Hudson Bay downtown in the Pacific Center Mall. All right. So in this episode, I got Rory. We chat. We're in the Saga Hotel. I randomly walked out of my hotel room last night and there he was standing on the street. And I said, what's up? We went for dinner. We ate ramen. And then I asked him to be on the podcast. He's an interesting ass dude. We get into some really cool topics. We uh, go deep into some conspiracy theories. Who doesn't love a good conspiracy theory? Guys, come on. Um, Talk about his come up into the vintage game. His mom actually had vintage stores when he was a kid. Super cool. Talk about crazy hitchhiking experiences. But 
the big thing that I think you're going to get some value out of this episode is we talk about debunking eBay as a value guide to product. There's been some new light shone on this and you can't use eBay as a price guide because most of the time it's fake shill bidding. So listen to hear all the details on this. Um, Get into the manifestation game a little bit more. Talk about how Corey, I mean talk about how Rory, not Corey, found a backpack full of drugs at the bins. What's your craziest bin find? Send me a DM. Um, but about my challenges. We've busted out the challenges on a few episodes and a few episodes we haven't. But I've been getting people sending me DMs and they're stoked on the challenges. The manifestation challenge is to manifest something into your life. Like, I don't even care if it's vintage. It could be anything. Manifest a new job into your life. Manifest a new t-shirt into your life. Manifest something into your life. Me and Rory go deep on this topic in this episode and he has interesting view on it because it's about knowing it's it's about knowledge really you know you can't manifest something into your, to your life unless you actually know about it that's why studying the vintage game is super important because you don't see things unless you're aware of them there's a trick if you like you know i want everyone to go out and <laughs> tomorrow start manifesting about black jeep cherokees okay i want you to close your eyes think about black jeep cherokees and see how many black jeep cherokees you're going to see out there now you probably didn't notice them before because you weren't thinking about them but once you start thinking about them you're going to notice them it's the same with anything in life you have to start thinking about it so you will notice it and bring it into your life do it with t-shirts do it with anything do it with vintage do it with Biggie Levi Bucklebacks. Come on, guys. Manifest shit. I want you to send me messages of stuff you've manifested into your life. We also threw out a challenge on a separate episode about cutting out toxic people from your life. Shout out Murder Death Rokus. This was her challenge. Do it. Cut them out. You don't need it. It bogs you down. It sucks your energy. And there was another challenge that we um, threw out on the Jace podcast, but I can't think of it right now. Um, so someone recently told me that they think that I've single-handedly made Ray Troll fish t-shirts cool. I thought that was interesting. I was like, wow, can I actually manipulate the t-shirt market or the vintage market in general by, uh, putting stuff on this podcast or my YouTube videos? Well, apparently so. So my new challenge for everybody out there is to attempt to change the fucking game. Change the game up. Now, <laughs> what do I mean by change the game up? Okay, I want you to start posting what you like. Instead of posting what you think other people will like or post what you think is cool in the vintage game, post what you like in the vintage game. Everyone has different tastes. I was watching the Stash Raiders episode with the Heat Broker and 1980-something co. And I was really um stoked on that episode because the heat broker says something that struck true to me he says i sell nostalgia i don't sell vintage he's not stuck in the age or what's cool or whatever he's just selling nostalgia to people and he's selling what he enjoys and what's nostalgic to him and hopefully it resonates with people and a lot of the stuff that he's posting you know a lot of people might think is this is super whack or whatever 
product. I'm not saying I think that heat broker, but I think, you know, what you enjoy and what the t-shirts that you actually like personally is rad. I think it's super cool. And I think um, it's rad that you're not afraid to be you, man, and do your thing. And I think everybody out there should do that. So my new challenge is to post something that's important to you or means something to you, even though you know it's not cool in the mass population, even though you know all the vintage heads out there won't care. But post about it. Tell us why you like it. And just be true to yourself and tag me in your posts. I want to see these posts. Tag me in your posts. If you like kitty t-shirts, post your kitty t-shirts. If you like, um, you know, t-shirts of of marathons. Come on, everyone knows. Well, I mean, I don't want to call it out, but those are like dime a dozen. If you love marathon t-shirts, freaking start posting marathon t-shirts. Maybe we can make marathon t-shirts cool. Change the game. This is my challenge. Super weird and random, but I want to see you guys tag me in it and uh, roll with it. So there you go. Pausing again. Lastly, before we get into the Rory interview, just want to say a few more things. I'm super stoked that I get DMs, people telling me that I motivate them and I inspire them. And, you know, I'm obviously here to help people. I really, truly enjoy helping people. I like motivating people. I like educating people. Um, It brings me joy. And that's why I'm doing this, guys. So I just wanted to say that. But... I am going to give you some words here. You know, I've recently started to understand that we all in our own lives have to own all of our shit. The good, the bad, the ugly, the ups, the downs, the sideways. Whatever's going on in your life, you have to take ownership of. Now, what does taking ownership of all that shit mean? It means you have to accept that you're in control. You're the only one in control of your own life. There's certain things that you can control and there's certain things you can't control. You can control the way you think about things. You can control what you're going to do on a daily basis. You can control your decisions. You can't control anybody else's decisions. You can't control anybody else's choices. You can't control the weather, you know? So there's no point in worrying about that shit. All you can do is adapt and change your own and understand that you got to own your shit and accept it and realize that it's all your doing. And I don't want to use the word fault because it's, there's no there's no blame game. You don't want to beat yourself up about this. You don't want to put yourself down. You don't want to, um, you know, you got to just learn from it and move on. But you do have to own it. And I've started to realize to own everything in my business, my personal life, uh, my marriage, and realize it's uh, it's mine. I got to own it. I'm in control of it. If I want it to change, I got to do something about it. Don't blame employees. Don't blame other people for your shit. The only person who can fix it is you. So without further ado, hope you enjoyed my new intro format. If anybody wants to send me some sound bites or an intro for this podcast, I would be super stoked. But let's get into the interview. Rory, the sharding harlot. I mean, that shit will happen all the time. Okay, we're live. Rory, we're live recording. Oh, we're live now. We're live on air. Live. Live into my laptop. <laughs> Woo! It's exciting. <laughs> so you've never done a podcast before? No, no. It's fucking rad, dude. Where are we? Tell the, tell the listeners where we're, we are. We're at the Saga Motor Inn. Saga Motor Inn, Pasadena, California. We are in Rory's room here. 
Um, there's uh, pictures nicely placed on the wall to cover up holes. Oh, is that what those are? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. No. Why, why would well, I know that? Look how randomly they're placed. I'm not going around moving pictures to see <laughs> you, holes. You can't because there's holes there. Yeah. You but screwed them in. Like, what's going on? Are you punching holes in walls? Uh, you know, there's been a few crazy nights really? here, dude. Kyle, <laughs> calm down. So, why do we stay here, Rory? Because it's not the it's not the most comfortable hotel, is it? No, no, no. I mean, it used to be that you could like kind of run your business out of here for for at least Saturday, Friday, whatever. But uh, yeah, it seems they kibosh that, man. Yeah, it seems like nobody's here anymore. Did you ever do parking lot appointments? You guys always had it in the room, man. Eh? We, I, I'd usually just throw a bed against the wall and throw a rack in here. Rather than have it be out in the open. I don't know. Yeah, when you guys first started coming here, there was just three of you in the room. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I was well, always... And actually, that's how we used to do it, too. Me and Jesse and Landlord get pulled a cot out. Yeah, Did yeah. you guys even get a cot? Or were you no, I had a, I had a, I had a sleeping mat pad in a fucking sleeping bag. It's like a camp out. Yeah. So, people that don't know you, uh, tell them about yourself quickly. What's your... What, how do they find you online? Oh, I'm a sharding harlot or... Um, um, Last place, magic. What do you do, Rory? I buy and sell vintage clothing. You buy and sell vintage clothing. Yeah, weird. Oh, yeah. Weird. Old dead people's clothes. Hope, oh, hopefully. I mean, if they died doing something good, their clothes are probably cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, 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 dead people don't necessarily have cool shit. It's true. Yeah. I know a lot of dead people that weren't weren't too cool. <laughs> nope. So the reason, uh, well, just before we got on this podcast here, we were talking conspiracy theories. Yeah, Let's get us conspiracy theories, Conspir- man. Chemtrails. <laughs> chemtrails. Okay. So what's your thoughts on chemtrails? Oh, it's uh, they're uh, it's to carry a radio signal or satellite signal. I thought it was to. Subtly poison society into like the medical no. fucked up medical system. No, they're putting heavy metals in the atmosphere to strong like to strengthen the the carry of signal. Is that a known fact or is this a conspiracy theory? Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Absolutely, like one hundred percent conspiracy so, theory. So, but why is that? Why is that? Well, it's bad because <laughs> it's conspiracy theory, but it's true. Okay, let, okay. let me clarify. Well, that, here. Then, all right, now we're uh, borderlining on fact. Well, I mean that's, that's what conspiracy theory yeah. is. Never gonna know, man. Yeah, you'll never know. But if it was just to to pump up radio signals for government, I'm assuming. Well, it's like um, they first started appearing in San Diego around um, around in the '60s, but it was um, allegedly it's uh, heavy metals being sprayed in the atmosphere. But it's from around San Diego up north, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's like Camp Pendleton was doing experimental shit with that. Because we always saw chemtrails when we lived at the back gate. So, is it is the conspiracy that those heavy, obviously the heavy metals are poisoning everybody? Well, I mean, beyond just being, serving a purpose, I feel like they serve some sort of purpose with radio signal. Because that's the only reason that you'd put heavy metal into the atmosphere, I feel like. Yeah, but wouldn't they have the technology nowadays just to have good enough radio signal? Well, that's the thing is that currently it's still like, I mean, there's no reason for them to still do like stuff that has chemtrails, but it's still happening. So it's like, I mean, signal is still being carried through the air. Okay. Next conspiracy theory. <laughs> did we land on the moon? Um, do you believe we landed on the moon? Eventually we did. 
what? So when did we actually? And the original moon landing was fully faked. Oh yeah, fully. Fully. No, I have no idea. I could care less. <laughs> okay. Okay, but well, we were actually talking about Alexa. Alexa, oh, yeah, before Alexa. we started this podcast, and how Alexa listens to us all and is collecting data to turn into robots. AI. AI in the future. Yeah. And destroy mankind. Well, not not destroy mankind, but assist mankind in their own demise. Make our life easier so we can kill ourselves. Sit around doing nothing and have robots beckoning at all our needs. Yeah, well, I mean, currently we're getting used to talking to a robot. So on a regular basis, we're we kind have of talking to a robot right now. Yeah, but I mean, as as you want something, so you want this robot to assist you. So you're telling it what to do, but. You're also getting used to this. You're getting used to talking to something that's not a person and expecting results. It's so true. It's like, it's super weird even now. Like when I talk into my phone, like on an Instagram story, mm-hmm. it's still fucking awkward. I'm like, I'm just talking. It should be. It, yeah, it, it right. should be awkward. But eventually it just becomes commonplace to some people. It's like, I'm just talking to my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like the first time I saw a Bluetooth headset, I didn't know it was a Bluetooth headset. I just thought there was this crazy guy in a really nice suit pacing in front of my hotel room talking to himself. <laughs> totally. Like, because just before like, Bluetooth, the there was crazy that? people talking yeah. to themselves. Yeah. Where, I mean, there's still crazy people that talk to themselves, but you just don't know that they're not talking into a cell phone. Or it's like, there's probably just as many people that are talking to themselves as talking to cell phones, but you don't know that anymore. True. <laughs> it's a good thing for the crazy people. You yeah. can't tell them apart anymore. And I mean, like, there's... You're, weird... you're a businessman or you're a crazy person? I find myself doing weird stuff where it's like, if I want to avoid somebody, I'll just look at my phone and not make eye contact and walk away from them. That's that's completely bizarre. Do you ever see and that's someone a learned you know behavior and from you're, your like, you're like, I kind of know this person. Haven't seen them since like high school or something. I'm not in the mood to talk to them. I'm just going to like duck away and avoid them. Oh, God. I heard a really... I, I, I tend not to do that or not so, have the opportunity to do that. I, I don't live in the same city that I grew up in, so... Okay. But... I did have a, a friend tell me the other day, um, we were down at, um, at, uh, at the bins, and uh, he was like, you'll never guess, but I know this chick. And I was like, okay, you know some tweaker down here, whatever. And he's like, no, she went to high school with me. She was like the it girl, like the cool popular girl in high school, but she did a lot of drugs and partied a lot. And then she disappeared for about three years. Multiple people have like asked me about her, and I won't tell them where she is because she's down here. Like, and it was just completely tragic. I guess this girl just like fell off from like when he was in high school Fuck. and became like an absolute like drug addict. And he sees her on a regular basis, but won't like interact with her because it's like, why would you? Be like, I used to know you, and, and like, now you're a piece even, of shit. Does she even like, remember him, or is she too far gone? She's too far kid? gone. Yeah. Like, he's like, I know for a fact this is her, but I would never say it. Crazy. And that's like that's hard, man. If yeah. I saw like a, someone who I went to high school with, like super down and out like that, I'd be like, I don't know. I've never been put in that situation, really. But yeah, no, I've seen. I saw um, a friend on the side of the road once that it was like, like just sign flying by the freeway or whatever like anything helps or whatever and we tried to get him into the car and he was like 
nah, I'd rather you just give me money. And you're like, man. Like, really? Yeah. Or it was just like super. And you knew you. Like, yeah. Like, I was like, hey, man, like, we'll clean you up. Like, get a shower. Like, we'll feed you. Yeah. No, nah, I'd rather you give me money. And it's like, whoa, like, people actually care about you. And you're saying, I want drugs. Yeah, that's harsh. That's kind of like, uh, you know, the mentality of, like, go around and give people food rather than change or whatever. But yeah. the time they're, like, upset about it, you know? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily, like want to say like oh don't give this person money because they're a drug addict because drug addicts also have to eat food and whatnot even though like you can find stuff to eat but it's like i don't really if you if you sincerely want to help somebody or put them in a better place like it doesn't really matter where the money's going it's the idea of like the thought or the positivity of hey you know what like whatever you need right now you should probably go and find that whether it be drugs or whatever it's like for the moment, that might make them more comfortable than how they feel. It's true, man. It's true. They got to make their own choices. Yeah. Um, speaking of driving by people on the highway, <laughs> I have a crazy hitchhiker story I just thought of when you mentioned that. One time I was driving this. Wait, city, did you pick up a hitchhiker? I picked up a hitchhiker. So, well, dude. So you're saying this don't pick up a hitchhiker? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just wondering what the mentality is of because I always think about it. I've picked up maybe like a handful of hitchhikers. But I think about it, like, in the context of, like, who's actually hitchhiking right now? Well, the reason <laughs> I, I've always was on the side of let's pick this person up because I hitchhiked a lot. Oh, I did too. my town was small and we, there was, like, we're in the country in farm towns. So you're only, like, five miles from the next town, but nobody had cars. We were hitchhiking. We were, like, probably... 12 to yeah. say that. No, well, I grew up in Hawaii and we used to hitchhike everywhere. So yeah. I moved to Hawaii when I was like 13. And so we would, when you grow up with it, it's kind of normal. So yeah, like, it's totally it normal. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, like I'm going to go stand on the side of the highway and somebody's going to pull over. I'll just jump in. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, I know sure everyone. My mom, if she hears this, is going to be like, you were hitchhiking at 12. But that's just what we did, man. Yeah. You had to go to a party like in the next town. But it's the thing, people, would, people that knew you would pick you up before somebody that didn't would. Where yeah. they're like, oh, hey, like I know your dad. Like, Fully. Get in my car. <laughs> yeah. So I was always on that vibe growing up. And then I was picking up people when I moved out west. I lived in Whistler and Squamish. And it was always like people hitchhiking to go to the city. Because you're an hour from the city. Everyone just wants to go to the city for the day. You're hitchhiking in. I see this girl. Looks like totally fine from like afar, like wherever I start seeing her. That's how they get you. I know, dude. I, like, in 10 I years later, up. I was married. <laughs> right away, I knew I fucked up. Like when I started to pull over and I was like on the fence. I'm like, should I just gun it out of here? But I'm like, no, no, whatever. And I picked her up in Squamish and then to get to like North Van. Or no, I was actually, I picked her up in Whistler. I was going to Squamish. That's so like 40 minute drive. There's nothing in between. So I can't be like. You're getting out here in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. So I fucking get I pick her up. Anyway, she starts to proceed to talk about all this bullshit, how she's like needing cash and she wants to go to Burger King and like she needs money for a whopper and like she's trying <laughs> I'm trying to like and we're like I'm like, no, I don't have money for you. Like I'm giving already giving you the ride. Like, I'm not buying you a whopper. What is your too. deal? Yeah. And then but then she so she's really hard up for cash and it's, the conversation started kind of like chill but then it became like aggressive and she was like all hard up for cash and I, my buddy was in the car too. This sounds like a bad like B movie. <laughs> she starts like trying to sell me things out of her purse, dude. I swear. So she's like I have I, this is so long ago I forget what it was but trying to sell me like knickknacks out of her purse. 
and she's like getting clumsily like going through her purse in the front seat and like spills it out at one point i swear she had bullets in her purse no i didn't see a gun but she yes. had bullets in her purse and That's then like awesome. I, I, a crack pipe fell out and i'm just like ah oh, what did i get myself how'd you know it was into? a crack pipe well it was a pipe but it was like <laughs> a pipe that i was not familiar with at the time yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> And like, I don't know what that is, but I know I don't smoke I think she even it. had weed, too. I think she was trying to sell me weed, but I was like, no, I don't want to buy your stuff. And Oh, I was so happy to get the Burger King and drop her off, man. And then after that hitchhike, I was like, I'm good. I think I'll pass on picking up people from now on. It <laughs> jaded me to hitchhikers from that point forward. Oh, man. So let's talk about vintage for a bit after some conspiracies. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I was going to comment on um, the... The purse dumping out and trying to sell you stuff. When my mom had a uh, in high school, my mom had a vintage clothing store. That's how I got into the business. But, oh wow, uh, that's so cool. Yeah, so she had a vintage clothing store that in I would, Hawaii. No, no, no. This was in San Diego. My my okay. dad my dad lives in Hawaii. My mom lives in um, San Diego. But uh, she had a vintage clothing store that was in Oceanside. It was in like uh, kind of like the. Backgate Marine area. I know Oceanside. Town. Oceanside is just north of town. Yeah, it, it's uh, north of Carlsbad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so she had a vintage clothing store there, but it's like, back in the day, it was like pretty, like now it's pretty nice, but it was it was pretty shitty. But uh, all sorts of drug addicts would be around like trying to steal stuff and whatnot. But one time this woman was shopping in the store and uh, she, she was trying to get a discount. She's like, oh, do you want some weed? Like, you give me a discount, I'll give you some weed. I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. She ended up unhooking her bra and having loose weed that was stuck to her tit. Wow. And like, like peeling off and handing it to me. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not wow. taking she, she's like, loose she's weed like, no, no, from this your is like, bra. This is friggin' Northern Lights, man. This is good yeah, weed. No, I was like, and you're no, like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't want weed that's stuck Sweaty to your boob. Sweaty boob weed. Yeah, it was, it was great. So she didn't get a discount in the end. No, no, no. I was like, nah. <laughs> I, I'm good on the on the discount for the so that, that's beer. i didn't even know that dude i've known you for a bit and i didn't even know that your mom had a store maybe you told me that before but that's crazy yeah so oceanside was kind of like a it's like a surfy town eh? yeah i mean it's it's kind of it's like surf meth like Batgate marine town when when her store first opened it was like we were sandwiched in between like god what was that place called um inner world there was inner world right down the street what is inner world it was it's a it's a head shop and there was like a bong store so it was like a, they sold t-shirts of like all sorts of bands and whatever pop culture references that you would like while smoking marijuana yeah and uh they had like they, they were like this the, the the spot that you could get like the anarchist cookbook from and like patches to i like, had that book yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Jesse had that book. Yeah, so, so they even had, so, like, the anarchist, the anarchist Cookbook was, like, its own thing, where it's like, oh, the Anarchist Cookbook. But they had, like, the poor man's James Bond, which was actually, like, really sketchy how shit. How to, like, spy on people and shit? Like, how to make bombs and, like, pretty much how to become a terrorist. <laughs> like, it was, like, <laughs> actually scary. Like, it was, like... Isn't it to... funny, though, as, like, a 15-year-old kid, you're like, oh, I want to get this book. I want to be, like, I want to be, like, a yeah. secret agent or some but, shit. But, like... I never just, ever actually do anything out of it unless you're kind of Oh crazy. no, no, like yeah, that all of it was terrifying. But the anarchist cookbook didn't it have like 
I don't remember it too deeply, but there was like survival shit in there. Yeah, it was all sorts of stuff. It was like it was like pretty much like, well, you want to live off the grid and you're a total psycho. (laughs) Here's the the starter pack. Like it's like yeah, like off the grid, like psychotic man starter pack. I gotta find one of those, man. You brought back some memories. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, like yeah. So like, as a teenager, you would go to like the the inner world, inner world. and you'd be able to buy, like, Ninja Stars and, like, Zippo Lighters and whatnot. So there was, like, the head shop, bong store, inner world. And then there was... Me and Jesse had a Ninja Phase, so we had the Ninja Stars. Yeah, too. no, I think everybody had a... Like, there was a period in time where ninjas didn't exist. Like, like everything had to have something to do with a ninja. Like, well, it was like there wasn't a video game that existed that didn't have a ninja in it totally. for, like, three years. But also... You know, this might be a little bit before your time. I'm only three years older than you. I'm 39, you're 36. But, like, the movies, like American Ninja yeah. and, like, all these other movies. It was an obsession. Yeah. It was a big thing at the time. Like, I wonder now, are kids nowadays having a ninja phase? No, because it, it, they're having, like, Lego phases or, like, like I don't know, like, whatever bullshit thing yeah. kids well, are into. I, I have a 10-year-old daughter, but I'm like, yeah, whatever garbage kids like. Well, you just, uh, you just solved Christmas, dude. I'm yeah. getting ninja outfits and fucking uh, throwing stars. Yeah. And nunchucks. Fucking nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the nunchucks. Hells yes. Christmas presents done. Yeah, I want I want um, uh, a Bali song. One of the, a How's butterfly it? knife. Oh, yeah. I, want I remember those. those were available back then, too. Yeah. And, like, those are the kind of thing that your parents were like, Ninja Star's okay if you throw them only at the trees. Yeah. But, like, the, but the, that, that's, like, like when I don't know if you had the same experience as me, but trading, like, you'd trade neighborhood kids. Yeah, yeah, of course. Where it's, like, there was always the kid that had insane shit because it's, like, his parents actually didn't care about him. Like, they just, like, bought him, like, paintball guns and, like, weird pocket knives and shit. Like, we had, like, comic cards. Like, like me and my friends had, like, trading cards, like, non-sports trading cards. Yeah. And it's, like, if you had enough of those things or, like, prism cards or like holograms or whatever the fuck it was you could trade like 10 of those things for I like remember, man. I remember a pocket knife or whatever yeah. like it was like holograms were and you hot remember commodity. switch blades i remember switch blades being cool as hell and like they were illegal though but yeah you they're like them actually you dangerous like back, backdoor them at certain like ghetto like more yeah. like underground stores no i remember when i was like 15 or 16 there was the switch blade that like popped out from the side was allowed, no? That, that's the, the Italian. And then the, the one that goes... an Italian stiletto, if you will. Okay. You know your shit, man. No, the other one, OTF, out the front. OTF. Yeah, okay. there's uh, there's this racist guy named Dalton that makes insane switchblades. It's like the one that they used in the Batman movie that like the Joker uses or something. Like He actually designed that one. But he makes like the most insane switchblades, but he's a total racist or something. And like, But his switchblades show up on eBay every now and again. The, the code word is OTF, I guess. He's like a knife artisan? Yeah. Like, he, like, like makes them in his garage or whatever. And yeah. Like, has, like, some agenda. Like, he only makes fighting knives. Crazy. Yeah, it's insane. So, let's uh, hear more about this, the vintage store, then, in... Uh... Oh, yeah, sorry. Oceanside. Off topic. We went on a little tangent there. Yeah, so my mom had a vintage clothing store in Oceanside. Um, that's how I got into this, pretty she much. She started it when you were already alive? Yeah, so she started it when me and my sister, I guess I was probably like around 11 or 12. My sister was 12 or 13. My sister had just come back from living with my dad in Hawaii. And um, I was just about to go, unannounced to me, live with my dad in Hawaii. So we kind of like flip-flopped. But um, 
when my sister came back, my mom was tired of just working for other people and decided to open her own shop. It was called uh, Dick Jane and Spike. Nice. Yeah. So how did she get stuff back then? What was her hustle? So we always, like, I mean, we grew up going to thrift stores, going to estate sales. Like, I pretty much thought it was bullshit. So until... you're 15, so this is around late 90s. This, yeah, yeah, like uh, mid-90s, yeah. Late, late to mid to late nineties, I guess, is when it was really became a focus. My mom was working at like some store in the mall. Like she, she, when I was growing up, she worked at um, Macy's in the mall, and I remember her like complaining about like people stealing polo shit. It was really funny. Really? Yeah. Like it was a big deal. Like back in the day, like in like yeah. the early nineties, like well, that's people why. would just rack. That's shit tons of polo. Polo's yeah. so fire from back then and so collectible yeah. now. Well, that that. The thing was, is that there was not only the idea of them racking everything, but they would destroy whatever was left in the store so that other people wouldn't cop it. Like, I'm going to rock this, but I don't want anybody else yeah. rocking it. Yeah, so it's like, would they, they would either it? steal something or buy something, and then, like, either tag or slash whatever was left in the store so nobody else could buy it. And they did it in, like, mini mobs, so it was yeah. like, you're not going to so, get us all. Yeah, and so it was like, you could be, like, the one dude in your hood rocking this thing that nobody yeah. else was rocking. That's crazy, man. I've heard stories of New York. I didn't know it was it was that big even out here. Yeah, and I mean, like, back then, like, the stuff was expensive and it was limited, too. So it was, like, when, like, hats were released, it's, like, certain stores would only get, like, two or three hats. And, like, if one got stolen or all of them got stolen or one got stolen the rest got destroyed, it was, like, okay, well, that's even less of these fucking things. Yeah, that's wild, man. I remember we probably shopped at the Polo Outlet. I guess around that same time, like 97, no, it was a bit later. No, no, probably like 94, 95. There used to be an outlet town where we'd go skiing, and we used to go hit up the outlets in Vermont, but um, yeah, I'd never seen shit like that. I'd never seen a store get racked, man. That'd be yeah. crazy. She would talk about it all the time, because it's like, she worked at Macy's, I think it was, and it was like, uh, we would, like, uh, me and my sister were like kind of mall rats. We'd just hang out at the mall while like, my mom was at work and stuff, but like, we'd always like go through the back, like where the security was, and they always had fucking kids back there that looked pretty hood <laughs> wild like not, not not to stereotype or anything but it was like yeah oh yeah like these are people that shoplift hanging out back here with the security guards so how was she getting the stuff to open the store did you help so, her pick back in those days um well me and my sister would run the store and so it was like um Pretty much she would go to estate sales buy stuff over the counter like we, we were buying stuff over the counter um as, as like young teenagers so it was like people would come in and sell us stuff and we'd kind of just make shit up and it's like we had like the stuff that was already in the store can you like remember of. those days yeah i have a photographic memory that's crazy so like what kind of stuff can you remember buying over the counter back in 95 oh i remember buying all sorts of weird punk shit because um there was a band that was in oceanside called the spent idols and uh they would come in and trade stuff for like the new punk shit that we had and like records and stuff. So like it's like we had kind of like a mini distro where it was like we not only had like records but like also t-shirts. Like our t-shirt section was categorized into alphabetical order of just all punk bands. Damn. So it's like we I forget the guy's name, but he was the guy were all properly vintage shirts or No, no, no. This was this was a guy who was screen printing out of his garage. Okay. And so they were all bootleg, but it was nineties bootleg. So it's like yeah. the stuff that you're seeing now, stuff like stuff that was that's like sorry. Yeah, um God, I can't think of what the tags were. And like there there's a kind of a 
I mean, California obviously has a big punk scene, but especially like Long Beach and shit. Wasn't it? Yeah, so I grew up around um, my sister going to college in Long Beach. Is she and older than you? Yeah, she's two years older than me. And so she went to college um, at Long Beach, and uh, her boyfriend at the time was in a band called Clip 45, which was another Clip street. Clip 45? Clip 45. Street punk. That's awesome. Yeah. And so it's Can like, you find their stuff? Can you Google yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you can find their stuff. And like that it was like the same era like that like kids were listening to like like when like the casualties were really big. Like, okay. Just like street punk, like just horrible, obnoxious street punk. Is your sister gonna be mad you just bagged on her band? No. What's your sister doing now? Um, my sister is, um, she's a photographer. She lives in, uh, New Orleans and she also has a vintage clothing store called Blue Dream. She does too? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So where, what's her hustle? Is she, she buying over the counter? She does, uh, she mostly does like rag house. Oh, no way. Yeah. So she just goes around in the South and finds random shit. That's cool. Yeah. And she's also, um, she's coming out with a book documenting, uh, post Katrina in New Orleans. Um, she was there the whole time? She moved after, but um, has been documenting... Um, like the real growth and stuff? Well, just the culture. Yeah. I mean, just photographing that stuff. She um, she photographed Stacey Abrams for the cover of Time Magazine last year, last summer. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So she's she's renowned. Yeah, yeah. She's she's pretty well known. That's awesome. Um, when you say you have a photographic memory, like... I'm just this, cur- I'm just curious about this because like So this ties into what we were talking about with the manifestation. Yeah. Like where it's like if you show me something and you're like find this, like depending on like how like rare it is, I guess, like I don't know, I could probably find it within like a week or two, like so, okay. stuff like so, that where it's because like, we I know we're, exactly we're recording what this, like. so I'm going to give people context here. We're t- we're talking about manifestation before we press record here. And we talked about this on the show before, so you guys have all heard me talk about it, but Rory had a really good point about manifestation where it's like in order to find something, you have to know it exists. So manifestation is deeper than just like thinking it's all up with the fairies and thinking about it and it just comes out of thin air. It's more like you put it in your brain and now you notice that it's there versus you might not have even noticed it was there before yeah. it was in your brain. Well, you need a reference point. Exactly. Yeah, where it's like... What what's the differentiation between a five dollar shirt and a hundred dollar shirt? The idea that you saw one that existed for this amount sell. Okay, cool. Now I know that that's a hundred dollar shirt. Wow, I'm seeing a lot of hundred dollar shirts now. True, man. It's crazy. So when you, how did you know you had a photographic memory? Like obviously, okay, no, that's a weird, weird oh. question. But like. You you go through life remembering all these things, and then at some point you realize like you can remember more than everybody else. No, it's more that if I ever lose something, I can see exactly the last place that I saw it. No shit. Yeah. And you smoke dope. Yeah. And that doesn't affect it. No. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. If anything, it makes it stronger. I feel like that's so crazy, dude. I'm the worst with that. And then like I'll have to sit there and like like really grind my brain to like think about where I fucking lost something. Yeah. You always remember where you put it. No, it's not remembering where I put it. It's like literally like saying like, where's the last place you saw this? And that like, the image, yeah, where I saw it will pop up. And I mean like, there, I mean, I can't always do it or I mean, 
it doesn't it, it doesn't work in the sense of like oh if I don't remember seeing something I'm not gonna remember it. So are you like always finding your daughter's toys for her and stuff or what? Yeah, I mean, my my wife will call me and be like, "Where where is this?" Like, and we'll be like, "Oh, it's here." Like the other day, she was asking me where the brush was, and I was like, "Oh, it's on top of the laundry basket next to the um, straightening iron." Wow. But that's the context of how I see it in my mind. Dude, my wife would love you, because I'm I'm just like, "Babe, where's this? Babe, where's that?" She's like, "You can't remember nothing." Yeah. Well, I mean, like. Not it sounds insane, but it's like to work in what we do with piles. It's like so much of the shit that I feel like I do. I feel it's the same for you. Probably is organized in piles, and the idea of like, okay, there's some semblance of what's going on in these things. How do I know that? Where it's like disarray or things being like out of order. That kind of drives me crazy. Even though I operate in weird categories or piles like, yeah it's like, it's like god this is like, a no, mess it's organized it's like, guys they're like, like no it's just a bunch of shit piles yeah, no, it's like, organized. I, I know what's going on yeah. <laughs> yeah it's true man when you're dealing with this kind of thing vintage clothing there's like it's like organized chaos all the time i feel like we're constantly re-cleaning and organizing the warehouse like on a weekly basis it goes yeah. it goes to hell and then we're like bring it back together goes to hell but yeah that's like the ebb and flow of business i feel like it's like if it's really a mess like you either aren't making money or it's because you made money like it's like oh wow like things are really chaotic right now which one is it yeah (laughs) am i making money or am i completely like too much time to clean you're just like something's wrong probably so like i guess um you worked in the store. This is in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. Then what was the next step? Where, so you moved to Hawaii. Yeah, so I went to go live with my dad because um, pretty much my my mom remarried um, a Marine. And so he would go away to Okinawa like on leave every now and again for like six-month periods. And then, like, me and my sister would just go absolutely fucking oh, so he's, crazy. He's Mar- yeah, because there's a huge base there. Like, yeah, Pearl yeah. Harbor, right? So, was he on Pearl Harbor? Is that an active base now? Pearl Harbor? No, 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 no. This is in San Diego. So, oh. So, my dad lives in Hawaii. My, my oh, mom okay, lives okay. in San Diego. So, uh, the base there is uh, Camp Pendleton. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, it was just, like, that 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 camp base or whatever, um, the marine base. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he would go on active leave where he'd have to go work in, like, like be stationed in Japan. Um, but uh, so he would leave and be gone for six months. But because we couldn't do anything while he was around, like he was like just really strict stepdad guy, like figured trying to tell yeah. his wife's kids what to do or whatever. So it's like, we couldn't really do anything while he was around, but whenever he'd leave, both me and my sister would go nuts and like just be absolutely fucking crazy. So, um, Pretty much when he would come back, he'd be like, oh, that's the last straw. Like, you're going to go live with your dad. And it was kind of empty threats at first, but then he, like, actually sent my sister to go live with my dad. And we are like, oh, whoa, like, that actually happened. And then um, when my sister came back, then I got sent to go live with my dad. And so I lived with my dad for three years, but um, I pretty much lived with friends. Like, my, friend, my, my dad had a kind of like a nervous breakdown as soon as I got there. His mom died, my stepmom divorced him, and he lost his job of like 15 years, all within a week. Wow. Yeah. That's a fucking shitstorm. Yeah, like absolute shitstorm. 
So did he ever recover from that, or was it kind of like... Mm, you know, I, I don't know if he's, like, recovered, but he, he, he exists in the world and, like, yeah. operates, but he, he wasn't okay for a really long time. Like, I couldn't live so, with him. So how'd you deal with it? I just lived with friends, like pretty much like my friends' like families. Like high school buddies and stuff. Yeah, like my friends' families like knew what happened. They lived on a small island, so it was like... What island was it? Uh, Kauai. Nice. Yeah. It is quiet over there, huh? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows each other. That's yeah. why you could hitchhike. Like, it was like somebody that knew you would pick you up before somebody that didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, the first island I went to in Hawaii was Kauai. Yeah, I went it's, there it's Hawaii. wonderful. It's super chills. I remember like everything shuts down after dinner. It's like not even like a nightlife or anything. No, yeah. I mean, like there's like... I forget, there's restaurants that my dad plays music at. <laughs> Did you ever surf? Learn to surf? No, I, I'm, I'm really afraid of the water. No shit. Yeah. Like, like a fear of like what's beneath kind of thing? or like a fear? Kind of, but just like uh, just an irrational fear of water. So you have like. this irrational fear of water, but let, you let your 10-year-old daughter kayak to an island in the Puget oh, yeah. Sound. Yeah, she can do whatever she wants. I'm not, I'm not going to restrict her. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, good no. Parenting. That's the thing. It's like I, You're not irrationally scared of her going on water. No, no. If she, I mean, I'm terrified of horses, and she loves horses. She'll like walk up to a horse and try and ride it. Do you terrify horses? What else are you terrified of? You got a big list? No, no. I mean, those are those are two things that like my fear of water is somewhat irrational because I, I just I just it makes me nervous. I don't know what it is. It's, did you uh, did you did you ever have an experience that triggered it or can no, you remember anything? No, always been scared. It's just of it. the openness of water. Did you all, swim when you were a kid? Yeah, like I'll, I'll go in water and I'll swim, but it's like I have the same feeling when. Um, the horizon when you can see like when you can just see the horizon flat land it, it just makes me uneasy it is uh it's like it's almost like you're trapped like there's no way yeah. out like when it's too much of the same thing it's like oh wow you can Have literally you see the to the open end water oh no i wouldn't want to <laughs> that's freaky man yeah, that whole cool. concept is scary and i'm a surfer man i'm out there for yeah. hours sometimes and uh, I've surfed in spots where I'm literally by myself and you're paddling out like half a mile. It's fucking Yeah, scary. no, I mean, I've paddled around and stuff and I've been out in the water. It just makes me uneasy. I don't, I don't feel yeah. comfortable. <laughs> or it's like, I'm not afraid of dying or something happening. It's just like, I really don't like the way my body feels right now. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you end up in Seattle? Because that's where you're at now. Oh, uh, my ex-wife had family up there. So we moved up there. I thought I was going to just try and figure out something else but i ended up finding the bins <laughs> so did you have many jobs in your life before you were get settled into vintage no no uh, i mean i worked for my mom and then i worked at um i worked at a store called tuk in san diego which was um um it was like a they sold uh creepers the stacked shoes yeah yeah yeah, yeah stacked and you sold. still rock the creepers do you not no i i would no, I, would. I saw you with stacked shoes the other day are they different? They're not creepers. They might be different. I don't know. Huh. I don't know what those are. Okay. I, I don't even know what I own. <laughs> like, what, what was I wearing? <laughs> um, yeah, so I worked at I worked at TUK. Yeah, but that's was, not all they sold. Was just no. They they were the it. they were like one of the original importers of those. Treader UK, and they also sold uh, grip fast boots. What are those? Like they, they're boots? they're like Doc Martens. They're like oh, yeah. a like a more I don't, not not to say militant, but like an angrier Doc Martin. I feel like yeah, like they had like screws in the soles of them. Oh wow, yeah. So you found the bins, which mm -hmm. is all the rage these days. It, it was the rage back then. Like that was like, what year we're we talking. 
So that was 2010. Yeah, 2010, I moved to Seattle. Okay. And so, like, I think Macklemore was not too far after that. Like the thrift thrift store. Yeah, that was that 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 was the bin. I remember when that dropped, man. How yeah. many people hit me up? They're like, "This song reminded me of you." This yeah, song no. Reminded me of my you. sister was like, "Oh my god, have you seen this thing?" And it was like a day or two later, and like I had already seen that it like garnered like a million views within like three hours or something. And I was like, "Yeah, old news." It's <laughs> like yeah, I know about that. So Macklemore's a Seattle boy, dude. So fuck that bitch must be popping. Everyone was like. Well, no, that was the thing, is that it fucked up the spot. Yeah, I bet. Where it was like, you, not to to talk shit, but like, it was like, okay, you have this this setting that is, so what you have to understand is how undesirable the bins actually are in Seattle. Because, I mean, there's a methadone clinic three blocks away, and you can buy anything under the sun within that three block radius. It's like a bizarre shit storm triangle. Like, it's like, like, like pretty much there's a reason that bad shit happens in bad areas continuously. And it's like trace energy, like, because something bad happened here once bad shit will continue to happen here for whatever reason. It's like that uneasy feeling you get in certain parts of town where you're like, man, I don't like this. And it's like, oh, because people get robbed here. Okay. Yeah, that, that, you can just that, feel the it. energy breeds more energy, man. Yeah. That's why, like, like let's talk about that for a second because that's a good concept to fucking <laughs> put out there into the world. Yeah. It's like, well, not the bad part of it, but like... Well, energy like, pools. Ener- yeah, so if you have negative thoughts, it creates more negative thoughts. Yeah. If you change your thoughts to positive thoughts, it creates more positive thoughts. And creating positive thoughts creates positive outlooks. And just like manifesting, it's like you can't, if you can't see it positive, it will never be positive or vice versa. PMA. Yeah. It's that mental attitude. But yeah, energy fucking pools. So that's, so that area is pretty fucked, huh? Yeah. So that area is totally fucked. But now you have these people showing up that are like, oh, Macklemore shot a video here. I'm going to go shopping, popping tags. Oh, so he actually shot that video in the bins you pick at? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, the part where he's running across the couches? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like the side where they like... No kidding. I thought you meant like, just like, like, like metaphorically it fucked up the No, 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 no. I'm not like, oh, he fucked up like... The game. Yeah, like it's like, (laughs) oh, Macklemore made a music video and now I can't make a living. Like, no, it was just like... You literally went to the bins one day and they're like, we're closed for a Macklemore video. (laughs) Well... I don't remember it actually happening. I remember people talking about it, like, oh, like this guy came in and he was shooting music video. Did you blah, actually blah. ever hear of him before that video? Maybe. I, I want to say maybe, but probably not. Like, yeah. I don't know why I would give a fuck. Like, I just moved to Seattle, so it's like... And have you ever bumped into him in town? No, I've, I've heard of him being in, like, certain locations where, like, other people were. And, yeah. Like, like people yelling stuff at him, but never anything real or concrete. I feel like I I've heard stories of like uh, Sean like confronting him or like calling him names or something, but like not nothing. Conquer Sean. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> We're know. Not talking I, about Witherspoon. I don't know what that what what the truth of that is or anything about that. Well, I could I could definitely I, I could see definitely if it happened that yeah, there would be names. Yes, <laughs> costing Macklemore. <laughs> I, I think it had something to do with yelling at him about his haircut or something. Oh yeah. I think he called right. it a Macadoodle or something. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, that's so epic. So I want to know about the bins in those days compared to the bids now and like what, you, well, what your take is on the evolution of being a 10-year veteran in the bins 
That's, yeah. Um, it's weird. It's definitely, like, nothing that you'd want to be like, oh, I did this for ten years. Like, <laughs> what the fuck do I have to show for? God. Um, yeah, I've been I've been in Seattle doing it for ten years, and it's something that, I don't know, it's, it's absolutely fucking bizarre because you have all walks of life. Like, what I was saying about um, the eBay moms and then, like, kids showing up. After the Macklemore video, it was like, these people were showing up not knowing that this was the cheapest game in town, that there's going to be people shooting up, like, in the store. Like, there's literally people shooting up in this store. That's crazy. Like, man. they sit on the stairs out front and, like, shoot up. Like, the place is riddled with fucking needles. Like, Have you been to the bins in L.A.? Yeah. So your comparison to L.A. bins is, like, a lot Oh, no, harder. like, I mean, like, you get, you get pretty much, if you don't... There's no comparison, really. I mean, there's, like... A bunch of people just sitting at that back wall and that, the LA bits. Yeah, like it's just like mm. a bunch of people waiting for something to happen. Whereas like I feel like the Seattle bins is just like holy fuck, like this place is fucked up. Like there's just random people wandering around on a daily basis screaming. Like there's people shooting up. Like I mean the bathroom was And that's like not a problem for them? Like the management no. there, they don't care. They're like whatever. It's just I the mean, way it is. That's the way it is. I mean, wow. They're not doing anything about it. And the people there are kind of, the people there hanging out, wandering around are probably just like, well, it's dry in here. I might as well hang out. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, like I said, it's the three block radius of this methadone clinic and you can buy anything under the sun there. Like, so there's people walking around trying to sell stuff inside the bins. Like there's been numerous occasions where people have been like, Hey, like, you, do, you, do you buy weird stuff? Like, what kind of stuff do you buy? And I'm like, what are you getting at? And they'll try and sell me guns, where it's like, no, I don't want to buy a gun, especially if you have no idea where it came from. Like, I don't know if this person found this gun outside and brought it into the bins to yeah. try and sell it and as, oh, it, I found it, it has in like, here. It has a serial number that killed somebody. Yeah, there's all sorts of weird shit. I mean, like, it, it's just a bizarre... Why would you want to buy a gun in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bizarre thing. Yeah. So... Can you get into some uh, some of your better finds at the bins? What's what, what's the one find that stands out to you? Like the best find of all time, Seattle bins. Best find of all time, Seattle bins. Let's go two categories. Let's go like the most money you've ever gotten or the most valuable piece you found and then your favorite just like personal. Favorite personal? Backpack full of drugs. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that, that it, just because it was insane. That, what kind of drugs? Everything. What kind of backpack? It was just a regular backpack, but it had this box stuck in the bottom of it. Like you're talking like ecstasies and weed and fucking speed and pills just and... Anything you could imagine, and did you much. did you actually like, you know, give it a second life or were you like... We no, no, no. This is the thing about it is that like I had no idea what any of the stuff actually was. It just looked sketchy as fuck. There was like bags, a scale, like... like all sorts of substances, like anything you could think of, kind of like I can, I'm like I'm visualizing like a guy running from the cops. Yeah, pulls up to a donation bin, I mean, exactly rips his backpack off, throws it, and keeps running. Because like it, it had to have been exactly that because it was fucking bizarre. It was like this plastic box was wedged in the very bottom of this backpack, and you couldn't get it out without prying it with like oh, like it fit another, just perfectly. Yeah, tight in the like back. it was right. like like kind of like hidden discreetly in the bottom of this bag. Wow. This lady was like, oh, 
there's something stuck down here. Like, see what it is. And I opened it up and just reeked of weed. And I was like, whoa, like, all right. And then I saw that it was weed and everything else. And I was like, oh, that's sketchy as fuck. But there's also $230 cash in there. Woo! Yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a good score. Yeah. That pays for, like, your week of the bins, probably. <laughs> so what about valuable? What's the most valuable piece? Uh, most valuable piece... For the life of me, like, I really can't think of anything that's that like like crazy like what about denim like what's the best piece of denim best denim you found best denim oh i found a uh, type one jacket on top of a trash can in san francisco in the bins or no just outside outside of the goodwill shut the fuck up yeah me and my sister uh my sister uh, was uh living in san francisco and i was visiting her and she worked at a vintage clothing store called static and uh think uh, we were we were eating dinner down the street after she got off work and I had noticed that they just put out a bunch of purses at the Goodwill. There were all those like Lucite box purses from the 50s. They're like plastic yeah, I know. boxes, yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah, so I was like, oh, they put out all these purses. And we're looking out the window because they were closed. And I turned around and there's this jacket on top of the trash can. I was like, holy shit, this thing's awesome. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, leave that there. And I was like, no, this thing's awesome. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. And she was like, no, that's disgusting. It was in the trash. And I was like, it's not in the trash. It's on top of the trash. And she was like, no, like, leave that there. Don't bring it home. And so uh, she made me leave it in the hallway. This is your sister that also has a vintage store? Yeah. She didn't know what it was? No, she was just like, that's gross, because it's like, that's trash. Like, why would you grab a jacket out of the garbage? Um, but yeah, so she went to work the next day. Like, she made me leave it in the hallway, but I went and grabbed it out of the hallway of her apartment building um, <laughs> after she, like, went to bed or whatever. But uh, she went to work the next day and was like, hey, you know that jacket you found? They have one on the wall. Like, Brian and Moto want to see it. I think I sold it to him for, like, like, maybe, like, a grand. I don't know. Nice. But I was young. Like, yeah. I was like... I think I was like 18 or 19. That's fucking epic. And did you know it was a type one at the time? Or did you yeah, yeah. I was like, this thing's sick. It was weird because it was like, it was a type one jacket that it was a really light wash. Like it was like totally like just worn. It had a hole in the elbow and it was patched with a mushroom patch. Oh, sick. Yeah. So, so total like, like hate Ashbury. Yeah, vibes. just totally bizarre. Like, it was like. For people listening don't know what type one jacket is, it's like the first single pocket Levi's trucker style jacket. Buckle back. Buckle back. Did it have the buckle? No. Cut. Cut? Of course. Yep. Typical. Okay, we're going to play a game. You ready for a game? I'm, I'm always ready for a game. Okay. This game is called, I'm going to throw you a, a vintage t-shirt and you have to like give me like your first thoughts off the top of your head. Okay. 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 Normally I was doing like a word association. I love this game. I haven't even seen anything. And I love this. <laughs> this game is fucking sweet. So, first vintage t-shirt coming your way. <laughs> you gotta tell people what it is. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. The Art of War. Art of War. So I had a white version. Um, not the same graphic. It was the um, the four skulls. Yeah. Different color. Like They were almost like... Um, like uh, what's it called? Easter colored. Like um, pastel almost. Oh, like, cool. like, like pastel neon almost. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Art of War. Are you a fan? Bone Thugs? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, I don't know how familiar people are with the L.A. area, but I used to live in West Hollywood, and there was this woman 
who has a, I don't, I want to say it's some sort of SUV, but it has a wrap on the outside of it that says Swiss Barbie bone. And allegedly, she's the woman that screams on their tracks, like, they're like, all crazy. Sick. Yeah, but... Like, I was obsessed with her for a really long time because her car... Did you always... actually know her? Just no, no, no. I never saw her. I just saw her car. And I was like, Swiss Barbie bone. Like, what the fuck? And then I saw her, and she's fucking amazing looking. Like... Nice. Yeah, I was into that. But um, Urban legend about Swiss Barbie bone. Yeah, find Swiss Barbie bone. Okay, next. <laughs> All right, we got... Oh! Malaysian gold. Hog wild. 3D emblem. Is 3D. this one thousand dollars? You got three D. Yeah, so like this is funny because we were actually talking about it. So he's holding the the hog three D emblem. Um, it's got the back print, important for for the the gold quality of Petri it. Petri V twin. Ooh, it's got the tag. Florida. Yeah. So you you got that going for you. So I mean... we were talking about this earlier, which I want to touch on on the show here today, which is. I, and I did. I posted a video not too long ago talking about the high prices of vintage T-shirts. How the Shell bidding, if you will. Yeah, the, the 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 business has gone crazy. I talked to Feynman today because I saw him, and he was telling me a lot about you know Feynman spent his probably first ten years in this business strictly on eBay, so he's like kind of an eBay nut. I mean, everyone spends too much time on eBay. Probably. I stalked people on eBay hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, where the fuck are you getting this stuff? I'm gonna go there. Dude, that's like sleuthing, man. Yeah. The vintage sleuthing. I've done some of that shit. That's how I ended up in Seattle. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, he brought it to my attention. And like, I know that this happens. And you know, you see closed, you see closed listings and you, it's got a really high price on it. And you think, fuck, this shirt's a $1,000 shirt because it's got a green $1,000 beside the, the item. And you're like, okay, closed for $1,000. But what he was telling me today, which I, I don't know if I've heard this or not, but... Um, that there's people out there who have invested interest in outbidding these t-shirts to keep the markets high on certain genres of t-shirts. Yes. Is that correct in explaining it? That is correct in explaining it, but you're leaving out one of the things that I, 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 I don't want to say that it's concretely happening or definitely happening, but we, the vintage community, I feel like, draws draws from eBay on a regular basis. Yeah, we even will, if you pretend you don't, you, you still do. do. You still do. You to pay some attention. degree. If you're if you're not if you're not selling something on eBay, you're probably buying something on eBay. Yeah. Um but needless to say there's the idea of well, it sold for this much on eBay, cash in hand a little lower. So, if you can control and dictate Oh, if it shows the track record of this ending at this amount, cash in hand can be two to three hundred dollars below that, and that person feels comfortable doing that live in person because they feel like they're getting the deal. Oh shit! Like deal. it ended for a thousand dollars on eBay, and you're saying like I could get it for six hundred? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like even if I put it on eBay, I can make four hundred bucks. Yeah. Like how many times have you thought that? But how many times have you actually yeah. done that? Well, when someone comes to me and says this is the eBay price, I'd basically tell them to fuck off in the first place. But yeah, um, the concept you're describing is 
is it makes to- so much sense. It, it's like how other businesses are run too, like the oil business and like all these businesses <laughs> are controlling the market. Basically, you yeah, know, they do. But I mean, People that's monopolizing that's control of the market. Man- Manipulation of the market. Manipulation of the market. Is like, because controlling a market is just, I mean, we can all control the market. It's finding what's hot right now, what people are consuming, and then saying, well, I have, you don't know how much I have. I only have this one. As soon as you consume that, oh, I have another one. Like, you can control the market in that sense. Yeah, and we could also all control the market if we band together and said, nobody's allowed to sell a Marvel shirt for under $200. (laughs) But I mean, that's... But That's, then there's going to be some asshole who's going to say, well, I'm going to go 150 so I can make more money. And well, not more money, but just less make money. money. But, yeah, make money. Where it's like nobody that's saying like, oh, let's all band together and sell something for the super high price. Or, or you not be necessarily. The guy, those yeah. people aren't necessarily making any money. The guy that's selling for 150 is making the 150. Yeah. And then people realize, oh, wait, like, why am I not selling for 150? Because he actually did it. Yeah. So this concept is crazy. And I've talked about this before, how you can't use, I didn't even know about this this idea or concept really before today or think too deeply into it but i've said this before you can't fucking use ebay as the bible because everyone tries to and we're basically debunking ebay's price guide right now well it shouldn't be look it was never meant to be a price guide that's what i well, that's like, what i was trying to tell like, everyone but they i would, still I would reference it. it as in i could undercut it not because i was controlling the prices but because i paid attention to ebay for over 10 years now i can no, or not not to say no, but in my somewhere in my subconscious is well, this sold three years ago for this amount, and that's the last time I saw one. Like where it's like that helps every now and again, but you shouldn't be like, well, this sold this last week for this amount, and that's what I'm going off of. Yeah, the and also exist. there's a huge problem where people will look like look at completeds and then. Say I saw one completed three years ago for a thousand, even though there's completeds now for two hundred because the market's dropped in that. They're yeah. still going to hold it to that one thousand yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're like that's the true market value. That's the true like, market value because at one point yeah, yeah. in the history of man, it yeah. did sell for that, and yeah. that's what a lot of people do. They always benchmark on the top top of, but it's like the vintage business is just like the stock market. It's fucking fluctuating. All different items are coming up and coming down all the time. Yeah, Prices well, I mean that's moving. that's one of the ones that I um, that. I distinctly remember I found um, a jeweler's loop, like um, a Leica glass jeweler's loop from like the teens or twenties. I forget. It was like a right, World War One era, like glass jeweler's loop that uh, ended up. What selling, is a jeweler's loop? Sorry, it, it's what you look at like uh, watch parts or like oh, like a monocle thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, like okay. a like a. It was a, a magnifier loop. So okay. it's like there's two x, four x, six x, eight x, ten x. There's like all these magnifications. Like ten and twelve x are the highest magnification, but with like a glass, it's like the the best of the best or whatever. But I found a jeweler's loop in um, in a bag down at the bins one day, and I didn't even know that it was in there. But I found it, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna throw this on eBay, see like what it does, because there's one selling for eight hundred bucks, but this one's different. So I threw it up as an auction and started it like relatively low, but I got this guy offering me money for it early on within 20 minutes of me listing it. And I was like, no, I'm going to let the auction go. And then his offers doubled quickly and it became 2,200 bucks. And I was like, all right, like I'll sell this thing. But what he was telling me is in our transaction, he was like, Hey, if you let it go at an auction, it might go to $1,600, but I want to make sure that I get it. So I'll pay you 2,200 to make sure that like the last loop that I bought, I told the guy I'd give him $1,800, but it ended up 
ending at $1,100 and I want it anyways. Like, you should take my money and the auction. I want to make sure I get this thing. Okay. So within a week of me doing that. You took the offer. Are you yeah, saying? I took the offer. Within, and you, you, but you took it off eBay. I, yeah, I, 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 um, I, th- I canceled the listing. No, I, I don't think I canceled the listing. I think it was when you could do still send, like it might've been when you could send an offer okay. to the person and they accept it. So it still shows up because within two weeks, there was eight listings for that same exact loop and the market just completely plummeted. You can find the same exact loop on eBay now for about 50 bucks. Did you get your money? Yeah. Crazy. But it was, nobody had ever thought, oh, I'm going to put this thing on eBay right now. And this guy wants one so bad that he's going to pay this amount for it. Nobody had one. But it wasn't that the thing was that rare. It was that nobody had listed nobody one Nobody was eBay. thinking to post them because yeah. they didn't think there was value. Yeah. Where this one guy who wanted to complete his set of 2X, 4X, 8X, yeah. 10X, whatever, needed this one to complete his set. That's so true, man. Because... There's flukes too, like the eBay market can be, like that's kind of a fluke for yeah. you. You fluked yeah. out on that, right? Yeah. What'd you say? So there's been times when I've fluked out too, where we posted, like we did an experiment once where we put up, you know, super mid-grade rock t-shirts, right? Uh-huh. And we put up like 15 shirts. We posted them at like super high um, buy it nows or best offers. Mm-hmm. And like a few of them sold for our like exorbitant um, yeah. buy it nows. Obviously most of them didn't, but it was like, you know, you're fluking that that you put something that that one person yeah, like, like that needed. Five thousand dollars Star Trek shirt. Like the guy meant to put like like five hundred or something. Someone like, sold a five thousand dollars Star Trek. It was something stupid, like where it was like somebody put like a buy it now or best offer on like a Star Trek shirt, and then it ended up getting an offer of like two grand. And like it was like, wait, the person was like, I didn't want that much money, like. I, it was like, but I I'll take it. Yeah. I accidentally <laughs> put in the wrong number. That's fucking funny. Okay. I want to, I want to simplify this concept we've just talked about for everyone in case it was too roundabout the way we talked about it. So basically for, for 3d emblems, what we're saying is there's probably people uh, out there. We're still doing the shirt thing. Yeah. We, we have, I got a whole pile here still, dude, but no, for the, the 3D, but about, about the shrill bidding concept. There's a few guys who are keeping the market high by putting in bids for the 3D emblems, keeping them at around a thousand bucks for the hog shirts. Let's just use this as an example. Putting in the bids, driving that price up, keeping those shirts like looking like they're all selling for super high prices. And then maybe some are actually paying and a lot of them aren't paying. And the people that don't pay, those listings still show up in the sold listings, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. You know, and we'll, I'll say another example, like Marvel shirts right now are selling there's been some closed listings for like the high, almost a thousand, and some for more. I saw someone told me there was a Marvel shirt that sold for fifteen hundred, and like there's been a bunch for like six, seven, eight hundred. And again, I've heard that there's guys in like Marvel collectors who are driving the price up on those, not paying just to have this show, so that everybody else looks at that and dr- and brings up the price of the mid grade. Marvel shirts to make the whole market look more valuable than it is. Now we're talking conspiracy theories. Well, we're back to that, right? But that's yeah. like that's a, that's that's. I mean, the there's no way of proving that, but it is manipulating the market. But, okay, and so we are seeing results in that. Brings me to my next point. There's no way to prove that. So to, to prove this theory, theory, sorry, to prove this theory and maybe like shed some more light on this theory, I want you guys, if you're listening to this and you have paid up on a T-shirt. 
I want to know the most you've ever paid up on a t-shirt. Okay? Like if you've bought a Nirvana shirt for a thousand dollars, I want you yeah, to send me a DM. Yeah, I want to know these people. Yeah. I want you to send me a thousand. Oh, I want you to send me a D. I want you to send me a thousand dollars. No, I want you to send yeah, me, me too. a D. <laughs> send me Rory a thousand dollars. Send all me around. Rory a thousand. If you can buy a Nirvana shirt for a thousand dollars, yeah, you can send you us can, a thousand. You can send us a thousand. If you like this podcast, just send me a thousand dollars. Yeah. No, but if uh, if you've paid up for a Nirvana shirt, if you've paid up for a 3D emblem shirt, if you've paid up, like I'm talking five hundred to a thousand dollars on a shirt, I would love to know. Please send me a DM because we're trying to debunk this theory. Yeah. I would, I would like to know, gosh, what's, what's, what's the most that somebody's actually paid for? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of what else is that ridiculous. Cause in my eyes, there's nothing more ridiculous than a thousand dollar in your bonnet. Like, okay. Well, I, I see, I see fucking heart. I swear. When I ch- search closed listings, I see heart shaped box tees out the ass. So there's got to be somebody listening to this podcast like, that's bought a, a heart-shaped box tee. I no, want to know what you paid. No, but that's the thing. It's like I see pictures of people that have like five of them. And I'm like, They're why? not rare, dude. They're not like, rare. Why, but why Why is it the idea that like rather than photographing a pile of money, I'm just photographing my heart-shaped box shirts? Like, it's like, yo, like, let me, let me photograph this pile of money real quick. Like, is that what that is? Like, is that like stunting? Like, is I that like... Yes, it is, dude. Is that like... like cell phone stack to your <laughs> ear and you're like yo what up that should talk. be the new trend I'm on, like i'm your, on my nirvana your shirt. folded up shirt as the as the phone stack yeah oh like six heart-shaped box shirts next to your ear like a phone dude that is really stunning buddy that's really stunning yeah <laughs> i think we started stacks. the trend there Shirt stacks. Oh, okay. All right. So I like that. To- I like that topic, man. <laughs> I, I hope we get some DMs, and I hope we get a thousand dollars each. Okay. So the the hog shirt made me think of Malaysian gold. Malaysian gold. Okay. Next shirt. We're next up. shirt. All right. We have ooh a skier, but it's like kind of like Bizarro cocaine Mad Max. He's like he's like ripping I, like a sweet little air in the pow. Yeah, but oh, it, it, it looks so good. It feels post Armageddon. And it's kind of it's kind of a puffy print, right? A little bit, sort of thick print anyway. Yeah, it's like a pocket. So these bit. t-shirts, by the way, are just like ones that I had sitting this in the like hotel room. Did you try ripping this? Because it looks like it might. No, no, but that's like that's faded. That ain't true. Yeah, the dry rot always looks yeah. shiny. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. It just. You ever ski? I did. I did. I uh, I went skiing as as a youth. I went to Lake Tahoe with my family and skied. My my stepmom was a flight attendant, and so she had like ski buddies or something in Tahoe. And my sister was photographed for um, an ad for I think is Breckenridge in Tahoe. I don't know. Breckenridge is Colorado. Okay, what's she you was have like she a, was photographed for some ski resort Tahoe. somewhere. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. The guy that lived in Tahoe was a ski photographer or some shit. Sweet. Yeah, but yeah, I skied once and I uh, I ran into Peekaboo Street. No shit. Yeah, I yeah. like actually like ran into her. What? Yeah. Peekaboo Street. I know. Like refresh my memory. Who is? Yeah, she? she's a Olympic. Uh, like a like I'm pretty sure she's like a gold medalist. Oh damn. Yeah. So but, you, how did you even know it's her? Because everybody was like, make up a street, bruh. And then I, I, I skied into it. <laughs> You're like, you broke my leg. Yeah, you ruined my career. Yeah. Yo, so that's actually funny. It brings me to a topic. I did break someone's leg once. 
Like, why? Because I fucking smacked into them. Like, me, on purpose? Me and, no. Me and my friend Dave, we're, this is Whistler years. I must have been, like, 19. We're ripping down the hill. Like, end of the day, right? Like, like probably on our way to the bar. Yeah. And we were, like, good buds at the time. It's me and my buddy Dave. And I, we were, like, kind of racing, but, like, goofball racing each other down to the bottom. And there's, like, a... Hot dog. Hot dog. We're fully hot dogging, yeah. bro. Hot dog. <laughs> That's been extreme. And we were ripping around this corner, this blind corner. I looked back to see like how far ahead of Dave I was. Uh-huh. And right as I turned to look forward, there's a skier just stopped around this blind corner. Not like it's his fault. It was totally my fucking fault. Yeah. And I fucking just plowed him, dude. Like I took him out. Like I'm talking real bad. I waited till the ski patrol came. You broke a man's leg. Yeah, dude. I waited till the ski patrol came. I was super nice about it. But I actually was lucky because he probably... There's like weird like rules on the hill. Like if you do that, you could like get sued and lift yeah. taken away. And it was I was speeding in the in but the you're snow Canadian, zone. so it's okay. Like they're like no problem, eh? <laughs> yeah, no problem, eh? Everyone's nice. They're just like yeah, say sorry. You're good to go. You're good to go, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh, pat on the back, and uh, I think he'll heal. <laughs> yeah, this guy was like really. You just gotta, this, you gotta... He was an Asian dude, and he was probably just on a vacation. This is in Whistler, and, like, he was off to the hospital, man. I don't know if how bad it was. I know he was injured. I'm pretty sure I broke his leg because I smashed him. He was standing was, sideways. Was he coherent? When, yeah, like, he, he was, left? but, like, he couldn't get up and stuff. Like, Could he be like, like, hey, you, fuck you. Like, no, he, I would have. He barely spoke English, dude. Yeah, I would find the words. I, uh, like, I'd figure it out. Well, now that like, I think about it, he was, like, yelling at me in another language. Was so. he? <laughs> I don't remember. It was so long ago. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. Okay, this is the next t-shirt on the pile. This time, you have to just say the one single word that pops in your mind when you oh, before God. you talk about the t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> Panda. <laughs> okay. Panda. Okay. Um, yeah, just San Diego Zoo. I don't know. It, it's three pandas. Is it actually the San Diego Zoo? No, no. I mean... It's, oh, that's what comes in your mind? Yeah, the San Diego Zoo. Bear us in mind. It's like a... Ecological. This is like a save the save the panda bear shirt. Yeah, so they used to sell humanities. They used to sell these out front of the San Diego Zoo. You could buy a shirt inside the zoo, but it was like 25, 30 bucks and like went to the animals. Or you could go outside of the zoo and there's tables of people selling. Bootleggers. Yeah, Balboa Park. So it was like they would just have like shirts that said like save the planet or like Earth First or whatever. I don't know. Not Earth First because that's like more of like a like actual group. (laughs) But uh yeah, um, there'd be people like selling like these like uh, Earth awareness shirts. I guess it was, but like you could go outside and buy like yeah. three for fifteen dollars. That's kind of rad, dude. Those yeah. shirts are popping right now. I found recently a sur- original Surfrider Foundation tee from the nineties. Oh, I, I found my friend actually gave me the worst one I've ever seen. That was like, uh, which one of these is on the brink of extinction? And it has all these like like endangered animals and then a fetus. Oh, no shit. And then on the back, it's like an anti-abortion shirt. Crazy. Fucking horrible. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. You already know what this is. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what are, what are your thoughts? Guess stripes. Guess stripes. Guess stripes. We got a guess stripey. Guess stripey in the house. Two years ago, I feel like it was when I encountered the random kids actively running and saying, guess stripes. While walking by, like like a frantic run by, like yeah, guess right, guess right, guess like just like kind of like pawing at clothing, seeing if they could find guest stripes. Yeah, it was weird. Did you have any at the time? No, no. Like, Did you ever they, find them? Well, yeah, I mean, but there's certain things that 
I just steer away from because it's too much to deal with. Where it's like, I don't really want the thing that everybody wants from me. It's like, I'd rather you leave me alone. This is funny, but this is like actually just a red and white Where's Waldo. Yeah. Which is like, I don't know if I've ever had a red and white Where's Waldo one. Guest stripes? But yeah, the, 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 hype, what, is, the hype is what's, died down. What's the price on a guest stripe? Oh, there was, I mean, at the well, no, currently, currently. I don't even know, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd say like a bill. Okay. And then like the but it was, was like it, three. Yeah, like for some colors, three, and then yeah. like two out like the average. pastels and whatnot. Yeah, there's like the, the, that brown one that was in what is it, Boys in the Hood or Ben's yeah, yeah. Side or something. Um, I don't know. So there's like some nerds that'll be like, this colorway was in this and that colorway, and this is like the rare one, and I'm like, I don't know, just guess stripes. But like but what? we when they when this first hit, actually before it first hit, we probably undersold them. You had a bunch of them. Dead stock. Yeah. Because we found like this guy who we were buying all this. Branded gear from CK, Guess, and Tommy, all this branded dead stock. You get all the baby dolls. And he had uh, baby fat. <laughs> okay, last one on the random tea pile. Ooh, is it a homie? It's a homie. It's a bizarro John Leguizamo style homie. <laughs> So why like, is that? Because he's got a mustache or something? No, I mean, like, it's kind of like John Leguizamo. Does he have a loop earring? Does he have a loop earring? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got a loop earring. He's flipping a coin. He's got a peace sign on his friggin' he, He's arm. got, like, a poster. Is he... We, he might be wheat pasting. <laughs> I feel like that hat is, like, kind of like a weird troop logo. Yeah. Like piece on his hat. It's also, like, kind of Moschino. And he's got a baseball bat with, like, dog tags hanging off it or something. Is that what that is? It's like a roll of paper, or I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. It's a homie shirt. Yeah, I love it's the homie, homie shirts. Shirt. But it, it it's a it's a style like I don't know, not as gangster, more I don't know. That's weird. No, yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre world. All right. All right. So, what else you want to talk about, man? I don't know. What else is there? Um, what else? Is there any other cool conspiracy theories we can chop up about? Oh, man. Um, so Elon Musk is, like, gridding out the planet. How so? Like, he's mapping it out on a grid? Yeah, that's, that's what's actually So are you happening. a fan on, of Elon or no? I don't know. Like, what, you, what do you, you mean? You haven't that's taken like a being like, on it? Like, are you a fan? I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what a comparison to that would be. Like, it's like, are you a fan of, like, Benjamin Franklin? Like, it's like, oh, this no, guy I, is I doing, never, like, this insane shit that's, like... I never like, consciously made a choice on Benjamin Franklin. But I, I am a, I am an Elon Musk fan. Yeah, or like, I mean, I guess not a fan. I just, like... I think... Like, I I invest in, in Tesla. You did? Yeah. Are you investing in SpaceX? Is it a different stock? Yeah. I didn't even know that. So you got to switch because it was announced that SpaceX is worth more than Tesla. Well, no. Like last, like, like six months ago. Fuck. What the fuck are you I'm doing? Not, I'm not that educated. Like, I'm investment. not doing this stuff, but I know about it. No, dude. I don't even know, man. But yeah. I'm going I'm to know. What kind of stocks are you holding? You, you holding any weed stocks? Yeah, terrible. Don't, don't. So this is the thing with the weed stocks. Hold. Don't do weed stocks. Do companies that like facilitate the weed stocks. So like places that they're gonna start, like if you know that grow ups are going legal somewhere or the idea that like this is the infrastructure that a grow up needs, like um, don't invest necessarily in weed, but then invest in like, um, what's it called, HVAC. Where it's like the stuff, the the actual stuff that- The businesses will boom because of the weed 
businesses. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, did I tell you I'm opening a dispensary? Are you? Yeah. Damn. Can I get in on the ground floor? <laughs> What's Dude, going on? Hell yeah. I, uh, I bought a I building. got ideas. I got fucking ideas uh, out dude, of the wazoo. You're smart. Zoo. I know. I need to tap into this knowledge, dude. Yeah, let's do this. I'm going to avoid so, demise because you'll know all the conspiracies and what to avoid. Okay. So I'm going to say an idea. And if you like, – I swear <laughs> to God. Like this is intellectual property right now. Do not steal this. Well, dude, you're putting it out to the world on my podcast. I get like a million views. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> shit. I was like, God damn. But I mean, genius idea. Fucking weed, bakery – Record store. Bones, Scones, and Harmony. <laughs> or sorry, Scones, Drugs, and Harmony. Uh, I was like, dude, you're a weed bakery? Come on. It's not any genius idea, but, but your name, Scones, is, your drugs, name, and your name is gold, dude. Yeah. So, weed, bakery, record store. So how much how much is your name? If someone wants to buy this Scones, name, Drugs, and Harmony? Yeah. Come at me with an offer. Okay. Offer up, guys, if you're in the weed biz. So what other stock advice can you give us even though you don't invest? Um, Bitcoin, it's it's so down from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know people that were like, yo, I gotta get in on this. And it's like, no, people already got... The, the, when it hit, like, I don't know, it was like... It so the people that you say, they say it's going to jump back, so buy it in now? No, I, I was just saying Bitcoin, just to say Bitcoin, I, I don't know. Like, I know that that's a stock. I guess. I know that that's a, a commodity of some sort. Yeah. The idea of mining that is bizarre to me. Yeah, well, who the fuck? I follow this guy on Instagram called The College Picker. I'm going to get him on the podcast. He's like, he's not like a vintage guy like us, but he's like a thrifter of all things, like random schlepper of whatever he finds. You schlepper know? of gear? Yeah. A junk, a junk man. Oh, oh, a garbage person, if you will. <laughs> but he he was saying on one of his things, like, I fucking mined the Bitcoin. I'm like, how the fuck? Like, he was like, I bought a computer at the Goodwill, and I figured out how to mine a Bitcoin. Yeah. And he did it. Nice. And then, well, one Bitcoin at one point was worth, like, 10G. But now, well, I think now it's, like, I, I think it maxed out at, like, 15, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, if you can or figure out, even it doesn't matter how much it's worth. It's worth 50 bucks if you can figure out how to mine it. There well, you go. Free money. The mining process of it is just like giving like part of your server allowance to like passing the information. Right? Yeah, so it's like it's like power and yeah, so processors like, processor power. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much it's like you have to like discreetly like hide or mask like where like child porn is coming from. <laughs> like that's like pretty much it. Like it's like you don't know what's happening back here, but it's happening. Yeah. It's like, oh cool. So if you want to mine Bitcoin, yeah. you're uh you're really playing with the dark web. And yeah, you really you are. might get a battering ram at your door one day. Yeah. <laughs> I found this computer oh. at the Goodwill <laughs> Oh, have you heard about these? <laughs> the SWAT raids? No. People being swatted? Like just randomly for nothing? No, people are like it, it's happening on like um, gaming forums and whatnot, where like people are like playing video games and then like people like fill out like like a, like a complaint like to the SWAT team. Like this person's like like fucking like has like a bunch of people in their basement and like they get raided, but live on their video game feed. It's called SWATed. Look it up. But why do the why do the cops come? Because. Somebody else calls the fucking SWAT team on them. It, it's a prank. It's like a the no most, shit. Yeah, look it up. Swatted. Well, I, I'm good at it right after this. What the fuck, dude? That's epic. So you watch these. 
It's insane. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. Dude, that's a gnarly prank. Like, you have to say, like, these are terrorists or something to get... Like, how do you call the SWAT like, on someone? This guy has a bunch of children in his fucking basement. <laughs> and then the fucking SWAT team kicks in your door while you're playing fucking video games. That is crazy. And you're on camera being fucking SWATed. Oh, man. That is so epic. So, yeah, you can, you can search a SWATed comp. Okay, so were you a good pranker back in the day or what? Oh, we did horrible stuff. Absolutely fucking horrible yeah, What? First of all... When did you meet Sean and John? <laughs> That's where it goes. Yeah. Because I just, when, I, when you say that, I just picture the three of you guys being dicks. Oh, God, yeah. Um, probably, well, I met, I met Sean and John shortly after I moved to Seattle. And that was what year again? Um, 2010. So you guys are like uh, late 20, mid 20s, late 20s at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like mid, mid, late 20s. I remember going to Sean's like 30th birthday. He was like, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm an old man now. I can't drink beer. And he was like drinking like wine, but like a shit ton of it. <laughs> he was like, yeah, like I, I don't drink beer anymore. I drink wine now. I'm, I'm 30. So sophisticated. Yeah. You get drunk way faster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did you meet them through the vintage thing? Like. Yeah, pretty much, um, we kind of, like, so I showed up at the bins, and, like, Sean, like, pretty much just, like, berated me with, like, oh, new fucking guy, blah, 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 all this shit, and then was like, oh, hey, what's up, how's it going? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, like, you're, like, the sweetest person in the world. <laughs> that's, that's so Sean. My first interaction yeah. with Sean was trying to buy a burp. Like, I fucking hate you, hey, what's up, how's yeah. it going? What, what, he was what way overtaxing me on a shirt, and then proceeded to like shit talk me in the DMs for like two hours about like not <laughs> wanting to pay his price for the shirt even though I wasn't like rude I was just like I'm good yeah <laughs> that's the thing it's like when it comes down to it it's like he's like he's just a curmudgeon he's like oh, I want to pay what I want to pay for it nah alright like wait what do you want I guess I'll do it <laughs> like alright yeah <laughs> oh, fuck crazy man uh, too bad those guys aren't here this month we could have done a fucking mega podcast Ooh, mega. So, I want to hear, are you a permanent booth at Rose Bowl? Yes. We didn't even talk about Rose Bowl, really. Well, kind of yeah. a little bit. How long have you been at Rose Bowl? I've been consistently three years, solid, I feel like. We were talking before we recorded about your first experience at the Rose Bowl. Let's, uh, let's have it on, on, uh, on the record here. Oh, yeah. It was, um, if you ever want to create an insane frenzy at Rose Bowl... Have one thing that somebody you know wants and have them show up first thing in the morning to meet you at your booth to pick it up. And then tell them that you can't get it for them until other people recognize that they're standing in front of your booth. And then other people recognize that that person is getting something from you, but they don't know what it is yet. So they'll stand around. Now you have about 15 people standing around your booth waiting for you to pull out a bunch of shit. They will then go through all of your bags, take everything off of hangers, throw it all on the ground, and you won't know what happened. <laughs> that was my first Rose Bowl experience. Did it blow your mind? Absolutely blew my mind. Did you ever come to just shop? Beforehand? To Rose Bowl? Yeah, when I was younger. Like, um, oh, because I guess you were living in Cali anyway. Yeah, so my mom used to go to Rose Bowl. My mom used to sell at Rose Bowl. And then I dated a girl whose mom also sold at Rose Bowl. Sweet. Have you ever, you ever seen Celebrity? Her mom still sells at Rose Bowl, yeah, actually. Seen, uh, oh, no way. Yeah. I saw her like maybe a couple months ago. Selling clothes? 
Um, no, all sorts of stuff. Like, um, she sells, like, she likes, like, pottery and, like, mid-century shit. Uh, celebrity sightings. What do you celebrity got sightings. Have you ever seen any of the world? Um, yeah, uh, what's his name? Um, Jeff Goldblum. Not too long oh, ago. Oh, yeah, that was rad. He was, like, filming there. Yeah, he was filming in the middle of the bridge, and people were like, what's going on? And I was like, fucking Jeff Goldblum's filming in the middle of the bridge. And he looked at me, made eye contact, and said, love you, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's I was sick. into it. I was like, hell yeah. That's so rad. Who else? Um, Jeff Goldblum. Um, got uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even know her, probably, if she fucking walked by me. Yeah, she, like, I didn't know who she was. I sold her a shirt for 20 bucks. And then somebody was like, that's Johnny Depp's daughter. And I was like, damn it. You're like, I meant 20 hundred Yeah, I meant... <laughs> $20,000. <laughs> I sold the tea to uh, Drew Barrymore. That was my like number one. That's awesome. Number one. It was, it was, was a it dirty dancing t- shirt. Oh, it'd be cool if she bought a new t-shirt off you. That would be cool. That'd be really cool. Have you seen the new uh, Netflix show, The Movies That Made Us? No. Do you guys have Netflix? You don't have TV, you said? We don't. Uh, Are you on a, on a computer? Yeah. Like, okay. Netflix isn't TV. It's, it's on a computer. It's true. Yeah, it's a good new series about the movie. Have you seen the Toys That Made Us series on no, Netflix? No, I don't, I don't. I don't know if that's only in Canada. It's so sick. it goes into like it talks about like like Ninja, Ninja Turtles and how that like blew up and oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But then the movies ones, it's like well the Ninja Turtles was originally like it was just toys to begin with. It was a way to market. It was like a weird. Well, no, it was two guys that made a comic. I mean, yeah, a comic, yeah. And then they turned it into the toys in the show. But it's funny when you look back at all that shit. It's like. All TV shows we watched as kids were only created to sell toys. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, and it's like the 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 toys. Like I don't I don't really remember the Ninja Turtles show. I don't remember it being good. Like I remember watching it, of course, but what I remember is the toys. Remember the movie though? Uh, Yeah, the movie was sick. Yeah. Go Ninja. Now there's like there's like all these different iterations of the The Ninja obsession. Hell yeah. No, just ninjas in general. That, oh, that yeah. was part of the era. Totally. Yeah, where it was like, okay, anything, like everything has to be ninja related. Dude, we lived right beside a forest in a ravine where we kind of learned how to snowboard. You're going to be like, we lived next to a ninja training camp. It's like, hell yeah. I wish we What did. part of Canada we, is we that? We started the ninja training camp, dog. Hell yeah. <laughs> and dude, we like, yeah, we used to just run around fucking ninja up, man. We had the suits. We had the, the, the two-toe slipper things, mm-hmm. you know? And the gloves, the stars, freaking nunchucks, man, it was the best. Yeah, I found I found a pair of those two-toed slipper things the other day. In the bins? Yeah. Nice. Did you pick them? Yeah, but then I realized I don't like the feeling of things between my toes. <laughs> like, fuck this. This yeah, sucks. Awkward. Like, yeah, ninjas are just uncomfortable people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, we've been on here for like a while, man. This is like yeah. a good long run. Yeah, yeah. So, who do you want to shout out, man? Um, let, let, uh, okay, so I told you about challenges on other episodes. Challenges. I want to shout, well, I want to say thanks to everyone who's DM'd me or tagged me in their challenges. I, I get fired up when I see people actually doing them. I want, I want to know more about this, this challenge thing. Well, okay, so the first one was a challenge for people to actually go out and, like, acknowledge the person that got them in the business. Oh. To be like... 
Instead of just being so, like, it's like a reverse twelve steps. Like, like where it's like you have to go and apologize to all the people you've done wrong. You like have to go to the person that got you into the shit, and you're like, "Hey, I want to thank you for ruining my life." <laughs> totally. I, I want to thank was... you for making me hang out for hours on end at weird locations, dirty, thinking dusty that clothes. like dirty clothes are the coolest thing in the world. I was just about to graduate medical school. Then yeah. I got addicted to I was in college, and then like I like just ended up going to yeah. the thrift store every day. <laughs> That's exactly it. Reverse twelve step challenge. Yeah. So people did it, and they were go like, tell the person that got you into this business how much they ruined your life. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. And then the manifest challenge. Oh, manifest, yeah. And then the manifest challenge was just to go, like, to actually try to manifest and find shit. And then we did another challenge that was, like, cut out fucking shit people out of your life. Don't be afraid to fucking get rid of the people that suck. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I was like, ah, nah. You're like, Drew, you suck. I don't know how to I got to go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, thanks to the people who are doing the challenges. But who do you got to, who do you got, so basically your mom got you in the biz. Yeah, my mom. My mom, uh, my mom pretty much taught me that there's somebody that wants everything. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much like, all right, what can I get for cheap and who wants it? Where a lot of this business or a lot of success in this business, I wouldn't say isn't making money, but finding the person that actually wants the thing. Where it's like, if you can consistently find the thing for that person, they'll be happy with you and continue business with you. Whereas if you find the highest priced thing and consistently want the highest price for it, that's not necessarily going to be good business for you. Totally. That's fucking wicked tip, man. And I, I think you're totally right. Because people who get in the it's like, treat your customers right. They'll be with you forever. We've heard that on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stuff where the manifestation falls into it, where it's like, they'll be like, if you ever see this, let me know. And it's like, okay. And then when I do, it's like, oh, hey, you taught me about this. I know I could get more money for it, but thank you. Yeah. I'd rather you have it right now. And it's like ease of use. It's flow of energy, like we already said. Yeah. Stagnation. Yeah. Stagnation kills it. Totally. If something sits for too long, you might as well just give it away. Like 100%. That's why, uh, and like it also loses its own, you lose interest in it, which makes it kind of lose value because it's like the energy of it is fucking stuff. Well, I mean, hype's hype for a reason. Like, it's like, oh, this thing's the coolest thing in the world. It's the coolest thing in the world. It's the coolest thing in the world. You need five, ten other people saying, oh, yeah, it is, agreeing with you. Whereas you can scream from the hilltop something's the coolest thing in the world. If you don't have those five or ten people agreeing with you, it's not the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Good tips, Rory. Good tips. So who do you want to thank? Anybody? My moms. Shout Thanks, out to my moms. moms. Thanks to all the moms out there. I want to shout out moms. And I want to thank you, Rory, for thank first of all you. being on the podcast, but also being a good dad. Oh, yeah. Always. Dude, you're a stand-up dad, man. Taking, my, taking your daughter to uh, dressing her up and taking her to this, the, the Cheesecake, cheesecake factory. factory for special birthday night. Yeah. Gotta go to the Cheesecake Factory. If you guys want to see the cutest father-daughter pictures ever, you follow Rory. You guys have like, you guys, what's your, like, how do you describe the stance? It's like the, uh, hard style, hard style, stance. hard style, like, uh, like eighties prison photo. Totally. Best photos, man. Yeah. Okay. We're done. Awesome. Thanks again, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) 
All right. Thanks for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Hope you got something from it. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. If you want to be on an episode of Vintage and Stuff with Drew Heifetz, please send me a DM. If you got an interesting story, if you got an interesting perspective, or if you just got something to say, or adversely, if you just want to bitch about stuff, I'm here for you and my listeners are here for you. Hit me up. I'll put you on. And I think that's it. That was super fun with Rory. Rose Bowl tomorrow. I got to get to sleep because it's late. I got to get up at 4 a.m. to sell vintage in a cold, rainy parking lot. But I love it. It's the life. It's the rag life. Please take the challenges. Take the challenges. Send me messages. You know, keep pushing to make your life better. Have more fun. Be grateful. Love the people around you. Peace and see you on the next episode.